Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. Well, here we are at episode 70 of Sorta Awesome, and I'm joined today by my lovely and dear friend, Rebecca Hoffer of simplyrebecca.com. Today, we are talking all about the awesomeness of being crunchy. That's right, we're talking all things natural living. We'll be covering baby steps and resources for beginners, the places that we are hardcore crunchy, and the places we've gotten a little soggy over the years. But first, we're going to start the show the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. Rebecca, what do you have for us this week? Well, I have something really unique for you this time because this is the first time ever that my Awesome of the Week is something that I both love and hate. Oh, that's interesting. It is. It kind of goes against the rules, right? Like that's not what Awesome of the Week is supposed to be. Yes. Okay, but allow me to explain. So longtime listeners may remember me confessing way back in episode 37 that I struggle with time passage awareness disorder. That's right. (laughs) I remember that. Yes. (laughs) Especially when it comes to cleaning, which basically means I think that, well, surely I scrubbed the bathroom, you know, the bath... Surely I scrubbed the bathtub last week when really it was maybe like three months ago, right? I I understand because I suffer from that same disorder. (laughs) Yes, it's actually fairly common. We just don't like to talk about it. Right. (laughs) Okay, so to help me kind of give my cleaning routine, you know, a little resuscitation, I came up with the Just Clean Something Challenge. And that is my awesome of the week because I'm relaunching it again this month for the month of September. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the concept behind the Just Clean Something Challenge is to do at least one cleaning task each day for a month that goes above and beyond your normal routine. So if you don't struggle with time passage awareness disorder (laughs) or maintaining a regular cleaning routine, then this is a perfect opportunity for you to really get into some good deep cleaning, you know, Mm -hmm. going above and beyond. Right. However, if you're maybe a little bit more like me and you could use, you know, a bit of a reminder to do the regular stuff 
on more of a regular basis, then this is where you get to do even just the basics. So my only rule is anything that you normally do, that just doesn't count. This, okay. You have to do above and beyond. So I offer all my blog subscribers the Just Clean Something Challenge workbook for free. And this month only, they will also have private access to a Facebook group where we will keep each other accountable and share our accomplishments every day yeah. in the month of September. I like that. There is something really satisfying about being like, this is what I did today. And just having people like, give it a like and cheer you on just in, and I think as long as you know that you're just focusing in for one month, it makes it feel so much more manageable. It does. Now I have to admit, I end up truly hating the challenge by the end of the month, which is why this is my first love and hate awesome of the week. Yes. <laughs> because cleaning is not something I choose to do for enjoyment, yeah. but it's, it's a fact of life, right? Like it you is. just have to do it. Somebody and having that added, yeah, somebody has to. <laughs> having that added accountability really, truly does help. And one thing that I've learned from doing several rounds of this challenge is that you don't have to clean absolutely everything when you get started. Because I often throw up this mental block of, oh, well, I don't have the energy to clean the bathroom because, oh my goodness, that I should probably mop the floor and scrub the tub. And, oh, I feel like I only have like 10 minutes and it's not even worth it. And so then I don't do anything at all. Right, right. Where instead I could go in and really honestly just, you know, clean the toilet and be done. And yeah. the bathroom is still better than what it was when I didn't do anything. So well, just clean something. Exactly. And that's what I love too about this challenge of yours is my personality. I tend to be super enthusiastic, super gung-ho and like do all of the things. I try to do it all in like three days. And then, like you said, you just kind of like run out of steam. This really helps pace the tasks. And once you kind of get into it, you're like, Oh, I, I really, oh, that took like 15 minutes to do. And now that's a, a thing that's done. I can mark it off the list. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. So if anybody wants to join us in the challenge and you're not already subscribed to my blog, my newsletter, you can just go to simplyrebecca.com and there's a place there where you can click to subscribe. And then the workbook will be sent to you along with a link to the Facebook group. Okay, Rebecca, I'm going to put you on the spot with a question. Do you think that it would be okay if throughout the month of September, if on the Sorta Awesome Show's Instagram account, maybe you could sprinkle in some before and afters from your cleaning projects? <laughs> I think we would really love that. I will sprinkle in a few too. I'm going to be gone for a section of September, but I'll even throw in a few of mine too, if you'll throw some of yours in. Sure, they might be horrific, but hopefully they'll be mo uh, motivating also. <laughs> okay, well, if you're not already following us on Instagram, we are at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram. Come tune in for the month of September. You never know <laughs> what you'll find. Rebecca and I are both fully confessed at being terrible at housekeeping. So I'm sure whatever you find from us will make you feel so much better about yourself. <laughs> Most definitely. Okay, now please tell me that your awesome of the week is something that is not related to cleaning that you truly fully love and do not also hate. It is true. I have no hatred at all for this awesome of the week. And my awesome of the week is something that you could turn to to escape the drudgery of cleaning, I guess. Uh, because it's a book. It's a book that I have been looking forward to reading for 
ages. The name of the book is Assimilate or Go Home, and it's by an author named D.L. Mayfield. I've mentioned D.L. on the show before when I talked about her essay from years ago called The Ministry of Funfetti, which I will link to in the show notes because I feel like I feel like I, that's sometimes you have like one thing that you're always talking about and always passing on to people. That essay from D.L. is one of my favorite things I've ever read in my whole life. And I followed her writing for years, both on her personal blog. She had a column at McSweeney's for a while. So finally, her nonfiction book, Assimilate or Go Home, was released this month. As recorded, it's August. And I have not finished it. I have just now gotten to dive into it. And it is so beautiful. I love DL's writing. To give you the setup for the, the context of Assimilate or Go Home, she and her husband are Christians who felt called to go and live with and amongst people who are refugees who have resettled in little, usually like apartment buildings, those types of places throughout the U.S. So they went and, and began to um, kind of live into this community. Of refugees. And DL grew up the way I did with a strong evangelical background that places a super strong emphasis on loving people, but also helping them find their way to faith in Jesus. Let's just leave it at that. And so that was really a strong calling that they felt on their lives. And they were going and working with and amongst people from all different kinds of faith backgrounds. And she's just kind of recounting the things that she learned about herself as they got further and further into this calling on their lives. I want to read this one little short paragraph because a lot of it is her bumping up against like, what is her faith exactly? And if, if she is not able to convert people to Christianity, does, she, does that mean she's a failure? Is God disappointed in her? It's so much about the dance of faith and the back and forth and the growing up where you're figuring out what does this all look like as a grown up and what does it look like in day to day life? So I'm going to read this one little paragraph. She wrote, the more I failed to communicate the love of God to my refugee friends, the more I experienced it myself, the more overwhelmed I felt as I became involved in the myriads of problems facing my friends who experience poverty in America the less pressure I felt to attain success or wealth or prestige. And the more my world started to expand at the edges of my periphery, the more it became clear that life was more beautiful and more terrible than I had been told. So, yeah, it's just, oh, I just love her way with words. And she's so honest about it, but hopeful. That's what I love about that Ministry of Funfetti essay, too, because it's her really trying to navigate the beautiful and the terrible of the world and figuring out how she fits into it. And that the book is just a whole expansion of that idea. It's just, it's so great. I will definitely put a link into the show notes. If these kind of faith memoirs are your cup of tea, if you like to read those, I highly recommend Assimilate or Go Home by D.L. Mayfield. So, Well, and what a timely read for you, especially as you prepare to go and meet refugees and bring those stories back here for us. Well, you are so right. It was a completely timely read for me. So I've really, really appreciated her words more than ever. So, yeah. Okay, well, like I said, today we are talking all about the awesomeness of a crunchy way of living. 
And of course, when we talk about crunchy things, we're kind of using that euphemism because people who are more naturally minded, I think for a lot of years when that was first becoming a thing in our culture, these are the people who are usually like have um, a a bag of granola with them that are... ever at their side uh, as proof of how naturally minded they are. And I'm sure there's probably even more ways that that word came into being in our culture until we kind of finally have arrived at a point where crunchy generally refers to not the peanut butter, but the way of living. So isn't our English language and the things we come up with so bizarre? That's so weird. Because I do remember calling people in college like, oh, they're really granola. They're really crunchy. But I mean, oh, my goodness, what in the world does that mean? If you just think about those words? I know. (laughs) I know. It is funny. It is funny. Well, we had the idea to do this episode about natural living and where we kind of fall on the spectrum and some of our experiences with it, because I have to tell you all that in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group, I have noticed so many times that a lot of the questions that are asked in there and sometimes um, comments and discussions on other topics that are mentioned, they sometimes take this really natural living path. And it always kind of surprises me. But I do think that's for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think that natural approaches to life, again, whether it's for yourself, your family, whatever, I think it is finally really becoming pretty mainstream. Whereas when I first started some of these practices, it was still, it felt like to me fairly unheard of. The other reason I think is a lot of our friends in the Hangout group, all 2,000 of our closest friends. <laughs> we love you all. That's right. We do. We do. I think a good core group that are there started out as readers from when I was blogging and had a blog called Sorta Crunchy. And it was that idea of, How do you incorporate crunchiness into life, but do it in a sort of way so that you're not stressing out over it or obsessing over it or anything like that, that it's okay to just be sort of with all things in life, including how crunchy you are. So Rebecca, let's kind of trace our own personal histories of how, when, where, why we found ourselves in the realm of crunchiness. Well, when I think about being crunchy in terms of, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle, avoiding excess waste. That's something that I really learned from my parents and my upbringing there. But then when you get into the aspect of maybe using more organic products and avoiding toxins and just that whole like hippie organic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I really admired some people in college. And I remember distinctly looking at them in class and thinking, oh my goodness, they are so cool. Like that was like <laughs> the coolest of cools in my mind. <laughs> Which is hilarious because it's like the opposite of cool to some people. And <laughs> I had some theater friends in college in particular that I really looked up to. And I just thought, man, they are just the best with their all-natural beauty products and all that stuff. But I didn't really dive too much into that world until I became a new mom, which I feel like is a really common trend amongst new moms. You have a baby, you're freaking out, you want the best of the best for your new little one, and all of a sudden you catch wind of, oh, wait, there might be something in this baby product that 
isn't actually good for my baby. And then you just dive down the rabbit hole of horror, <laughs> all right. researching all the things about, oh my goodness, nothing in this world is safe. I know, it's so true, yes. <laughs> I remember having a very heated phone call with a customer service representative of Fisher Price because I was trying to find out from them if they could tell me that their little Fisher Price little people toys, if if they were BPA free or not. Mm -hmm. And she said that she could not tell me because that formula is under lock and key from competitors and all that stuff. And she couldn't tell me. And I just like lost my mind. And (laughs) in the very specific way that new moms can lose their minds over things. I have totally been there. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So for me, that's really where it started, which again, I think is a pretty common story. I started with my with my little one with Grace and picking out better bath products for her. And then that kind of seeped outward from there. Is was your story similar? Did you start with your new little baby? I did start with my oldest. I have to tell you, I didn't even have any crunchy granola friends around me at college to look at and and pine away and think how cool they were. <laughs> because growing up in small towns in Oklahoma, you just did not see a lot of granola types, uh, it, both, you know, just around town. And, you know, definitely even when I was in school, there just that was not a thing in the mid 90s. Um, and I also came, I come from a family, my dad's a dentist, my mom was an RN. And so my family of origin is really um, pretty rooted in the sort of medical model of all things that just because of my parents' education and training and practice for years, that's sort of their go-to thing. And so growing up and into college and really into young adulthood, I just, I I was not only not exposed to it, I just wasn't interested. I mean, it just was not a thing that I was interested in at all. But like you were just saying, Rebecca, when our oldest, Daisy, was born in 2005, I would say when she was about 10 months old, I started looking into cloth diapering. Now, this was in 2005. So cloth diapers had come a long way from when I myself as a little baby was cloth diapered by my parents who had a diapering service who uh, they did like the prefolds with the plastic pants and the pins and all of that stuff. Uh, So cloth diapers had come quite a long way since then because I, some of the first cloth diapers I bought for Daisy were fuzzy buns, which are so simple and easy to use compared to what my parents used. In fact, my mom thought I was completely crazy (laughs) to think about cloth diapering because she just had in her mind, you know, having these big buckets of bleach around the house and the constant laundry. She was like, if you can get disposables, why would you want to do cloth? (laughs) Right. Like you're taking like 10 steps back. (laughs) Technology has saved us from this, Megan. What are you thinking? (laughs) Right. Exactly. But wanting to, and I did want to do it to save money. We were on a super limited budget at the time. And I thought this would be a great small thing that I could do to save money. So that was where I started. And cloth diapering was kind of the gateway, I guess you could say, of uh, crunchy or natural family living for me. Because from there, 
I started to read lots of message boards and all kinds of articles. I lived at mothering.com. I subscribed to Mothering Magazine, which let's all shed a tear for the passing on of Mothering Magazine. It was such an important instrumental magazine as my girls were babies and, and growing up and it closed several years ago, but it was a fantastic resource for me. So once I began to be exposed to other concepts of natural family living because of cloth diapering, then I kind of fell into things like baby wearing and began to educate myself about the benefits of extended breastfeeding. And, you know, it just kind of went on from there. And once I got into it, I really enjoyed it. Like some things as a hobby and then some things just practically speaking, I felt really good about the choices I was making for my family, for myself, for our home, for what we were eating. So yeah, it did. It started with motherhood for me. So I'll be super curious to hear from the awesomes who are listening, who are also kind of either a little bit crunchy or a lot crunchy if parenting influenced them or if any of you all grew up with families of origin that were granola from the get-go. I would love to hear that too. So for people who, like me, did not come from a crunchy background, who are curious about some of the resources that are out there to get you started down the path of whether you want to call it green living, earth-friendly living, granola living, whatever you want to call it. Let's, Rebecca, let's talk about some of our favorite resources that have helped us along the way. Well, there are tons of things out there online in the world to guide you into this decision-making process of where to start. One thing in particular that I think is a good place to start, I'll just throw my little tip in there, is I would go for fragrance-free options first if you are really just dipping your toe into the waters of natural living. Because the thing is, is a lot of the artificially scented products that are out there, they're made with things, unless they're scented with essential oils or something more natural based, those those smells can be really damaging. They can really be negatively affecting you and your body in ways that you're not even fully aware of until maybe you like do a detox and like rid yourself of all that. But the thing is, is we think that clean has a certain smell, right? Like our clean, our clean Mm -hmm. laundry smells like mountain streams, Uh right? (laughs) (laughs) And if our floors don't smell like lemon pine salt, then they are not clean. But that's just not the truth, Megan. The truth is that clean doesn't have a smell. It's dirty that has a stink to it, right? (laughs) Right. So even if you would start with fragrance-free hand soap or fragrance-free laundry detergent and just kind of detox your brain from this idea that clean is supposed to smell a certain way, then I feel like you'll be able to adapt easier into some of these more natural-minded products that you're going to try. And my goodness, there are tons of good products out there. One resource that I really recommend is called goodguide.com. It's very similar to the Skin Deep database, but for some reason I just prefer Good Guide. That's where I went to go when Grace was starting to need to use toothpaste when she was a wee little one. I was like, well, let me see what's the best, safest, most natural toothpaste out there that I can get for her and that I'll have easy access to. Mm -hmm. And I ended up settling on Toms of Maine toothpaste for kids, and we have been using that with our kids since day one. And it was really simple, because I could look up toothpaste, you can compare and see, oh, well, this is 
a suspicious ingredient in this one, and this one ranks really bad, this one's really good, which it's very similar, again, to, like I said, the skin date skin deep database but for some reason i just prefer goodguide.com that is a great one and if you're not familiar with the skin deep database that rebecca is referencing it's a great online free resource that you can look up and use if you want to check out they mostly deal with like cosmetics and personal care and they give everything a score in terms of toxicity and you can kind of look by brand so it's a huge abundance of information if that is something that you're wanting to start checking out So I would say my first resource for people who are kind of wanting to get started on the path, if they just want an overview of easy ways to get started, I have to recommend our friend Emily McClements, who has a blog called, is this on your list, Rebecca? This is on my list. (laughs) Because it's a really great resource. I'm sorry, I'm stealing one of yours. (laughs) It's okay. No, go for it. Okay. Well, our friend Emily McClements has a blog called Live Renewed. And a couple of years ago, I think now it has been, she wrote an ebook called Green Your Life. And it is a fantastic beginner's guide in terms of just starting you out on the basics. And it is a fantastic price point, too. She has it listed now for $5. So, Oh, my goodness. It's so worth that. It is totally worth that if you have ever just been, like, overwhelmed by all the information that's out there. If you have kind of tried to dip your toe in but quickly felt like, oh, my gosh, it's too much. I will never be able to make all of these changes. She starts super simply. She starts with talking about homemade natural cleaners, um, uh, uh, an overview of cloth diapering, um, other baby-centered things, how to conserve energy, how to conserve water, how to make buying choices that will benefit your family and also the planet. So again, the name of the book is Green Your Life. You can get it from her site and also at Amazon. I'll leave a link in the show notes. But that is the one resource of people ask me, for a good starting place, that's the one I go back to time and again, because she did a great job of giving a really practical, grace-filled, not overwhelming starter's guide. So, exactly. Yeah. I loved her book. And one thing that I was going to say about her book is she gives really good product recommendations. And I feel like you can read all the things, you can go to the databases, you can go to goodguide.com, but sometimes you just want to hear from like a real life person, somebody that you trust. Okay, now I'm trying to find a natural shampoo. What do you like and what do you use? And whether that's a friend or a family member or a blogger that you trust, it's good to hear real life people say, this is what I'm using and this is what I love. Uh And she has several product recommendations throughout the book that are just fantastic. So yeah, it's um, Live Renewed. And I have to tell you a funny story. When my friend introduced me to this blog, I thought that she said Living Nude. (laughs) And I got to tell you, that would be a whole nother site. (laughs) So don't go there. It's called Live Renewed. (laughs) Renewed.com. <laughs> but oh, save Rebecca. yourself the hassle and go to the show notes, and Megan will <laughs> link it for you. <laughs> Rebecca, I love the way your brain works. <laughs> My friend told me, and I was like, I'm sorry, say what? What's this blog that you think that I will love? That does not sound like me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm just getting so tickled about it. <laughs> 
Okay, well, the next resource I wanted to talk about is if you are interested in making the transition from sort of the standard American diet, you want to get more into real foods. I really love this resource because it was so helpful to me because after the girls kind of moved out of that baby stage and I still wanted to be in this natural family living world, really kind of cleaning up our eating was the next logical step. And so that's what I really kind of got into after I went through the baby wearing and the cloth diapering stage. So this is a site called Traditional Cooking School, and it's run by a woman named Wardy Harmon. And what I love about Wardy's site, her, uh, her blog, her recipes, her many courses and ebooks that she has, is she's a really great teacher. She really understands how to take these concepts that can, again, feel a little overwhelming at first, a little intimidating if it's not something that you're used to. And she really makes it so easy to learn and so manageable. So her site's called Traditional Cooking School. She has, you can look through many of her books that she sells that are ebooks. She also has videos that go along with them, which really help in terms of cooking demonstrations, just kind of showing like, what does this look like in real life? So one that I really recommend, again, if you're a family, if you're a mom and you want to get started, particularly in real food for your children, she has an ebook for that. It's Real Food for Kids, and she goes through, and it's more than just recipes. She really teaches you starting from the fundamentals, the basics, starting kids out young, dealing with picky eaters, which that was a huge part of the struggle for our family. My oldest was a super picky toddler, so, so, so picky. And I would just get so overwhelmed and stressed out because I felt like all she wanted to eat were like goldfish crackers. And Mm. so she kind of takes you from the beginning and walks you through how to incorporate food and nutrition into just the everyday rhythms of your family life. So that's a great one. I always recommend her stuff because again, she's just a really good teacher and really makes it seem like, oh my gosh, I can do this. This is something I can do. She even talks about herself that she has never considered herself to be like a great cook. But as she began to really learn the value of real food nutrition, she was just so motivated to learn it for her own family and then so passionate about teaching other people that now she has this whole thing, this whole traditional cooking school that she does to help other families along the way. So that's a really great one. Fantastic. My final suggestion is kitchenstewardship.com, which Mm -hmm. is written by Katie. She does amazing work at researching different brands and different subjects and putting together the most thorough blog posts that you will ever find. Sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, this is too long. Like, (laughs) Like she puts in so much information. It's phenomenal. I in particular remember her doing a really in-depth review of sunscreen and different natural sunscreen options. I thought that was extremely helpful. One time I read a post from her that was talking all about natural and safe cookware, like Teflon versus, you know, cast iron and ceramic and all these different things. And one tip that she gave was if your if a magnet will stick to your pots and pans, then that is a safer option than one that won't. Uh And I remember running into my kitchen and (laughs) grabbing a magnet (laughs) off the fridge and testing what I already had. She just provides such amazing detail and research. It really is a 
fantastic resource for anybody who wants to start diving a bit deeper into these different areas. I would highly recommend just searching through her archives. Yes, yes. We will put a link in the show notes to her site. I totally agree. I've read her for years and it's definitely information you can trust. She's fantastic. Yes, that was uh, Katie from kitchenstewardship.com. Okay. Well, my last resource is a little bit of a blend of everything because, and this is something that I still use to this day, even though 2005 is when I started my natural family living journey. To this day, this is something that I always look forward to and learn so much from. And that is the Healthy Living Bundle that is put together by Ultimate Bundles, which is a, a company that does all kinds of bundle sales where they, they take a selection of ebooks and e-courses and um, all kinds of stuff and put it together, bundle it together, and you get it for, uh, I think it's twenty nine ninety seven for every bundle, I feel like. Is that, does that seem but, right, Rebecca? Yes, but it is worth like oh, gosh, so yeah. much more. It really is phenomenal. It really is. And they have one that's about homemaking and kind of parenting stuff. And I love that. I've, I've purchased that one for years. But I have to tell you that my favorite one has always been the Healthy Living Bundle. I think it's because it is so naturally living geared and it's no, it's definitely not just about parenting. Now they do have sections on kids and healthy living that's always included in their bundle so you'll find ebooks on like um, herbal remedies for kids and all manner of things along those lines. But then there's all kinds of other sections that that are more expansive than just focusing on family. So it's um, personal nutrition, health and wellness, essential oils, all kinds of topics that fit under that healthy living umbrella. And I'm telling you, Rebecca, I have bought one every year since they launched the Healthy Living Bundle. I have never been disappointed with the resources. I'm constantly amazed at how they find so many incredible books and courses to put into their bundle sales each year. It's a fantastic resource. I love it. I have learned so much and have kept so many of the ebooks that were part of those bundles for years and use them as resources. So even, and, and again, I feel like if you're a beginner or if you've been in this realm longer, like I have been, still super helpful to have on hand. Now, Megan, something that I find fascinating about just you in general and your whole life is this whole issue of you having twins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep coming back to that again and again, especially as I'm pregnant now again, thinking, oh my goodness, what would this be like if I was having two? And I know that from what you shared about your journey, how important cloth diapering and baby wearing and breastfeeding and all these things were to you starting your journey into natural living. But then, you know, then you had twins. Right. <laughs> yes. And I think... <laughs> that when you have something like twins happen in your life, that there's probably a lot in life that you just decide has to be let go. It's true. Outside of natural living and within natural living. Yes. So I'm curious to hear from you, now that you are many years into your natural living journey, what are the things that you have moved a little bit more from crunchy to soggy on? <laughs> yes, that's true, it's true. I got pregnant with and have had twins, and that was the beginning of, of the soggy era. <laughs> would us. you say if you started a blog today that maybe it would need to be called Sorta Soggy? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. It's funny because it's true. A lot of these practices were just easier 
to take up when I had singleton children. Some of them continued to be helpful when the twins were born. Some things I definitely had already had to let go of. The the whole idea and dream of having a natural birth, um, a home birth or in a birthing center was something I had to let go of really quickly. Or I chose to let go of, I should say it that way. There are plenty of moms out there who have wonderful natural births um, in, in any kind of environment they want with twins. So, But for me and for the variety of factors that surrounded our twins' pregnancy and birth, I had to let go of that. So all of my kids are all cesarean births. And so that is one realm in natural family living that I've just never had a super close connection with. So I didn't, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal to kind of let that go. Now, some of the other things that were much harder to let go were number one, baby wearing, because I love, love, love carriers, slings, all of that stuff. I used them extensively with the girls. I have an Ergo that I bought in, I don't know, 2006 or 2007. I have worn that thing almost completely out <laughs> because I love it. I love because I'm just kind of a snuggly person anyway. When you have a little baby or a toddler, practically speaking, it's just so easy. Well, when I got pregnant with the twins, I was like, oh, I am we will baby wear these twins. There's no doubt. So I did tons of research. I joined, there's a really great Facebook group called Tandem Baby Wearing. That's all about wearing more than one child at at the same time. And so I did tons of research on how to do it. Like, should you do two carriers? Should you do a wrap with a carrier? And, And all of the different possibilities that are out there for baby wearing with twins. And I did baby wear some. I never could get the hang of tandem baby wearing. In other words, wearing them both at the same time. I think it was because my body, my core and abs were like obliterated by their pregnancy. Like it just completely destroyed, destroyed my core. I had so much baby in there by the end. I mean, Mac, the, the bigger of the two twins was seven pounds and 11 ounces at birth. Oh, Megan. (laughs) I mean, he was a full size newborn. And then poor little John Kyle was just five and a half pounds, but there was just so much baby and it was just really hard on my, my body. And so I just, you know, just to survive those early months, I just did not work on re-strengthening my core yet. And so I just never could, I couldn't get comfortable. And I just, it was exhausting to me. But I will say that having already had the familiarity with baby wearing meant that I could wear one at a time. Mac did not like to be worn at all ever. It made him so furious, but John Kyle loved it. And so I would put him in a, a carrier, um, something to, to, to practice baby wearing with him. And then like if we were out running errands or whatever, I would keep Mac in his, um, you know, his bucket car seat, his infant car seat and put him into the cart, which made running errands with two tiny twins so much more easy to navigate. So I kind of had to stay sorted with them. But really, by the time, honestly, by the time they were a year old, neither of them wanted to have anything to do with being worn. And so I was just like, well, it was fun while it lasted. (laughs) Had to put all of that stuff away. Uh, Same thing with breastfeeding. I was able to get them to the six month mark. It was a struggle all along the way to keep my supply up. Both girls, I nursed past two. And so, you know, the idea of full-term breastfeeding was super important to me. By the time the twins got to six months, I was just happy we made it to six months. (laughs) And we transitioned them to formula then. So 
Oh, that's so interesting because I also am a bit of a breastfeeding fanatic mm-hmm. and I I can see that as being something really hard and emotional to give up. Mm-hmm. But yet if you are fighting against your pump, oh my goodness, you would almost want to like throw a party that you are like done with that. Yeah. I have such respect for mothers who pump on a regular or exclusive basis. Ah, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And so it was it was emotional. But at the same time, it was just I could just see so much of the practical reason to just surrender that and move them to formula. They did fine. They did better than I did with the transition. Isn't that how it always goes? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. Um, Cloth diapering didn't last very long. There's just like Man, I just said it's like I have so many kids. I'm already doing laundry all the time anyway. So I let go of cloth diapering fairly early on, which made me sad too, because again, when the girls were little, it was such a fun like hobby to indulge in. And then, um, yeah, let go of that. And then again, just being in that fog of postpartum depression and survival mode, I've let a lot of my food priorities kind of go. I feel like we still eat healthy, but you know, the emphasis on organic or always making things from scratch, just, you know, we, we've just kind of learned to be a lot more practical and realistic for, for the season of life that we're in. Um, and then one last one, this doesn't even really have anything to do with the twins necessarily, but, and this is a weird thing for me to confess, but I am confessing that we I have really let go of a lot of my emphasis on natural cleaning and like especially natural laundry detergent. Uh, in fact, when I was cloth diapering the twins, I found that I could use Tide for our laundry, which I had not done before. And then I was like, why am I not using Tide for everything? So I switched from, <laughs> from more natural laundry and home care back to some more mainstream stuff. But I do like the, the less scented stuff. I know what you were saying about the scented stuff, because honestly, a lot of that stuff gives me such a headache that I cannot deal with heavily scented laundry or cleaning things. So I tend to do more like Miss My- Mrs. Myers and Method and those that you can buy at the store that are more naturally based, but are not like the completely homemade cleaners, if that makes sense at all. Okay, so you're not making your own homemade cleaners, but you would say that you're not using straight up conventional cleaners as much too? Well, I mean, I feel like Tide's pretty conventional. Well, yes, aside, aside from Tide. <laughs> and I do use Dawn on my dishes because it works so well. But besides those two things, I think that, you know, for regular cleaning around the house, definitely I would say it's more it's more towards um, natural than it is towards conventional would be the best I could describe it, I guess. But what about you, Rebecca? How, in, in, the, in your journey from the beginning to where you are right now, where have you allowed yourself to get a little soggy? Well, I feel like the biggest thing for me that I have that I have let go of is the idea that I'll ever be the perfect crunchy woman. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Like the pressure that I put on myself. You know, there's just so many crunchy things that I do not have the money or the mental energy for or frankly, the encouragement from my husband. I mean, he's certainly not a jerk, but he doesn't give two licks about most of this stuff. Right. And if you have a partner beside you who's also like, well, wait, what What are you using on our clothes for detergent? Like, you know, that's going <laughs> to help you and motivate you. But instead, my husband one day said to me, Rebecca, 
can't we buy laundry detergent that smells good? (laughs) (laughs) You know, he just doesn't care. And I am so frugally minded that I have a hard time spending a lot on more natural things. You know, I would love an organic mattress for my bed, but honey child, I'm never going to pay for one. Right, right. (laughs) You know? So there's just so many things that I am just never going to do. And I have, I have friends, I have online friends, real life friends who are really into this and really skilled and talented. And they, they make it their passion and their priority. And I respect them and admire them so much. And for the longest time, I felt like, oh, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not doing enough. But when I was really like researching all of this in the beginning, I was driving myself crazy. I used to get so upset. I'd find myself like crying on the couch with my laptop. I would get so irritated at all these companies putting these nasty things and our beauty products and all that stuff. And I just need to let go of that. Yeah. yeah. And so these are some things that I will never do. I will probably never have a compost bin. I will never do a Whole30. I will never make my own laundry detergent. And confession, I have fragrance-free Tide in my laundry room right now. We're laundry room twins. (laughs) I have experimented with other natural laundry detergent. And I have a few that I love, but... Tide is really convenient, you know, like they sell it at my grocery store and I'm not going to make my own. Speaking of not making my own, I'm not going to make my own cleaning supplies. Okay. And I really never have. I mean, I'll use vinegar and I'll use baking soda from time to time, but I'm not shaking up spray bottles with essential oils and following different recipes. I just, I just don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have used Grove Collaborative a lot, which is an online service where you can order more natural products. I use them on a really regular basis. I'm also a huge lover of the brand Shack Lee for natural organic cleaners. That's great. They have an all-purpose cleaner that you just add a little tiny bit of their all-purpose cleaner to water. And that's it. And you can use it for everything. I mean, it's so much easier. I mean, I just don't have the mental energy for these things. Um, I'm never going to have a home birth. I think they seem really dreamy and even, you know, romantic in a way. So intimate. But I don't need that mess in my house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to give up my Crest toothpaste. I'm just not... And I also use conventional deodorant. <laughs> oh, I the scandal. I, oh man. We have a lot of threads in the Hangout group about this because I think it is definitely a topic that a lot of us are trying to find the solution for. I have tried many. I have made my own. You've talked about your attempts. <laughs> yes, I made my own. I should check. It's probably still in my probably refrigerator. <laughs> I am the same way. I just cannot find a good working natural solution on that. So I get it. So my big problem here is I love, love, love when I find a natural product that works for me, is at a good price point, availability is, you know, fairly convenient. I love that. I hate it when I invest in something that does not work 
and I no longer want to use it or it's just wasted money down the drain because it doesn't work as well as compared to the conventional stuff. I can't stand that. And so I have a really hard time experimenting with different things. I don't want to go to the store or order off of Amazon five different natural deodorants and, you know, stink for like three months as I'm trying to figure out which one is the best one. I just, that's just not going to be me. I get it. Sometimes your frugality wins out over your crunchy side. And I'm pretty darn frugal. So (laughs) that's a problem for me. (laughs) Okay, well, let's talk about some of the ways that we are just completely ride or die some crunchy practices, some more natural tendencies that we have that we still that is like a priority for us. For me, one thing that is so funny to me as I think about, because like I said, I grew up with this really medically minded model of care as being the answer for lots of health problems or whatever. It's funny to me because I have really moved in almost the opposite direction of my parents in that way, because anytime I feel like any of us, myself or my kids, my husband, we're getting sick. I look for some kind of natural remedy first. In fact, we do a lot of supplements to kind of try to stay healthy so that we're not getting sick quite as often. We try to do things to adjust our diet, to promote health and healing. And you know what's so funny, Rebecca? Throughout my whole crunchy journey, Kyle has kind of been like, some things he'd cheer me on it, who's a fantastic partner in terms of breastfeeding, just super could not have asked for better. Some things he was like, meh, a little bit more um, whatever about it. But he is really gung-ho on natural healing, natural supplements, looking for some kind of a natural solution or remedy first before moving to a more medically-minded remedy. Um, So he himself, like I've bought essential oils for him to use that have been great for him. Both of us, when we first feel a cold coming on, we fix the stuff that we call potion. (laughs) No, <laughs> it's just something that like we just call it that like normal people okay. don't. Um, and it's equal parts apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, and honey. That's the base for it. And then you add hot water to it. And we will just sip on that to try it doesn't completely get rid of the cold, but it does seem to shorten the duration of it. And plus, it just feels really comforting. So anytime uh, either of us are getting a little sick, Kyle is the first one to be like, um, well, get some potion going. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> no, actually I'm like it. it. does not sound I, I actually like it because I like tart things. He <laughs> hates it, but he knows that it works. Um, so those types of things, natural body care, like our shampoos, our body washes, for the most part, unless I, you know, forget to order, because I also use Grove Collaborative. So if I've forgotten to order something, then I'll, you know, grab something from the grocery store. But for the most part, our natural body care stuff is still really important to me. I still choose a delayed vaccination schedule for our kids. So it's kind of somewhere in the middle between avoiding vaccinations and vaccinating on schedule. We're in the middle. We're really sort of about it. (laughs) But all of our kids are fully vaccinated by the time they get to school age. So those are the things. It's funny because a lot of those practices, I thought... Once my kids outgrew them, I'd be like, well, I guess I'm done with crunchy living now. But so many of them have to do with just general health and wellness that we have found work great for our family that there are. I, when I stop to think about it, I'm like, oh, gosh, there really are some ways that we're still pretty, pretty granola around here. So how about you? How, what are some of the ones that you find yourself going back to time and again? Well, they're all very similar to the ones that you said 
this past year, I started experimenting more with essential oils, mostly in thanks to you, Megan, Hmm. because you told me about the company Plant Therapy and their kids line. Mm -hmm. I held off for so long on trying essential oils because, number one, it's confusing. There's lots of different different combinations and recipes and different ways that you can use things and just lots of information out there. But also they can be really expensive. Yes. And plant therapy has a really affordable cost to them. And so I decided to go for their kid safe line. And I even went one step further and I bought their roll-on, like pre-diluted roller balls. They make it so easy, yes. It is so easy mm-hmm. because you, one thing that when you're researching into essential oils that you learn is that especially for kids, but just in general, it's a really good idea to dilute certain oils. And so you, I found myself before using plant therapy or these roll-ons, I would put a little coconut oil in my hand and then I would get out a little drop and I'd try to be you know, diluting it there in my hand. Oh my goodness. In the middle of the night, like I don't have time for that. I'm just pulling out the Tylenol. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yes. You can't handle that in the middle of the night, but these roller balls are so easy. I keep Mm. one beside my bed for growing pains. Both of my kids complain about getting growing pains. And so if they come to me in the middle of the night, now it's the point where I don't even have to get out of bed. I just grab the little essential oils right beside my bed. I put it on whatever hurts and they can go on back and tuck themselves in. And I love it. And I owe that to you because you told me about plant therapy and their kids safe lying. So that's one that we're really getting into a lot. You know, natural body care, just like you said, like the type of soap that we use. I mentioned Sweet Sally's soap in my last episode. Um, I really have a love for this lotion that's really good. You know, I try to use things on our bodies, especially on our kids' bodies that are natural and more safe, except for when it comes from my deodorant and my toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) And although I am using fragrance-free Tide quite a bit of the time, I find that my laundry routine is pretty green. Mm -hmm. I feel pretty passionate about keeping things fragrance-free. So if I'm not using a natural laundry detergent, then I'm definitely using one that's at least fragrance-free. I don't use dryer sheets. I use dryer balls instead. And I tend to line dry a lot of our clothes. Mm -hmm. I've let go of that a little bit this summer. I haven't been line drying as much with me being pregnant in first trimester and just not feeling well. And it's been really hot. But I really enjoy line drying our clothes. And then forever and ever, amen, you're not going to see me (laughs) creating unnecessary waste. So, you know, reusable grocery bags. We're big into recycling, Megan. Wait, (laughs) wait, I have an update on this. So... Back in, was it episode 37? When we did all of our confessions? Yes. Yes, that's that. Yep. Okay. Well, I confess that I was terrible about recycling and I never did it. I felt so deeply convicted by myself. Nobody called me out for it or told me what a monster I am for not recycling. I just was like, when I was saying it out loud, I was like, this is stupid. We have curbside recycling in Oklahoma City. Why am I not recycling? It, It changed me saying it out loud. So from that episode forward to this day, today's trash day, we had recycling out at the curb. So I have to say- Wow. Look sort at of that. Awesome, changed my own life <laughs> when it comes to recycling. So I want you to be impressed with the fact that I, I made a big step forward with I actually am very putting impressed. the recycling out. <laughs> I'm very impressed. There's 
the opportunity out there for if we want to become passionate in any of these areas with crunchy living, all those different resources that we talked about, like there are so many opportunities for us to, you know, support each other and like get good recommendations and try different things out. I just love it. I do too. I do too. I really genuinely do believe that a lot of these practices really are becoming more mainstream. When I, when Daisy was a baby and I would put her in the ergo to go grocery shopping and and we lived in Texas at the time, but in a fairly crunchy little pocket of Texas near Austin, um, I would often be the only mom in the grocery store who was baby wearing. Now I go out and at Target or the grocery store, wherever there's Every baby isn't a baby carrier. It makes my heart so happy, but I feel like it has just become an accepted thing that parents can do now. So I I agree, Rebecca, like anything that you feel like have big feelings about something that a value that you hold dear, there is so much information, so many resources, so many possibilities now for a more natural way of life. So, yeah. Well, we would love to continue this conversation with you on social media. So Rebecca, tell the awesomes where we can find you all around the web. Well, you can find me at simplyrebecca.com. And then I am also at simplyrebecca on all different social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to be following along with Rebecca's just clean something challenge this month. So (laughs) yes, just clean something. using natural cleaners or not. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sort of awesome Meg. Don't forget I'm traveling to Lebanon later this month. So if you would like to follow along with my trip with world vision, I will be posting to Instagram and probably some to Facebook as well. So follow us on uh, facebook.com slash sort of awesome. And you can always find the show at sort of awesome show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffer, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at sortaawesomeshow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at progermusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.